All right, Boozy Conspiracies. Three, two, one. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Strange Range. If you were on our live stream on uh, Sunday, you might know that this is the second episode of recording today because we didn't actually record the first one. See how he says we? See how he says we right there? The button's this on his side. This is a team effort. No one checked me. All right? All right? But we are. We are rolling right now. You know what I want to do? We're good now. I was thinking about it. If I could wire in a... a, a auxiliary button for record into that I would literally get you a launch pad button where you gotta lift the glass window oh, that'd be smack sick. the button dude oh man let's do that let's figure it I out I think we can do that we can, we can, figure do, it out. We can fucking do anything we dude. can fucking do it but you fucking bullshit so so we're back at you again uh, well we're just I'm gonna catch a buzz and I'm on my second yeah, I have you're, my podcast you're popping your claw right now hey did you know did, did you uh, see that bang put out a hard seltzer Oh God! So I actually I have not had a bang in a couple months. I yeah. finally kicked the habit. Good for you. I'm not there yet. Not yet. You're not there yet. <laughs> no, dude. I'm still it trying was to rough. Work on that heart attack. I was going through DTs. Like oh. <laughs> my heart's going way slow now. Yeah, it's it's a problem. My my uh, my grandfather just had a heart attack this weekend. Ooh. Um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, he got another stint, so that makes four. So I think he's uh, he's loaded up now. It's either it's do or don't time. He's fucking Mega Man now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so you know, that's probably probably the path I'm heading down. You know, well, I mean, you know, what they say about big guys, big guys, big dogs. Yeah, now yeah, Grandpa's in really good shape, so I don't know what that says about me. It's a fucked. weird thing too. So the only <laughs> big person in my family was my grandfather, yeah, and he was 100 percent what you think a giant German guy looks like. Okay, because yeah, my dad's side is half, like a rope of hot dogs around his neck, pretty much. Yeah, sausages, sausages. Well, hello. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, my dad's side is uh, all Irish native. So it was like, I'm so you're bad at drinking. I'm bad at drinking. Dramatic when drunk. Uh, <laughs> two, two Irish brothers came off the boat and then both of them married full blood native women. And so that's how my dad. They had a type. They had a type. Uh, that's why I always love crazy chicks. Uh, but that's how that side started. Uh, I'm third generation born on the stage from my dad's side. Uh, they were a little late getting over here. A little skeptical. But my mom's side is all German with a little bit of Irish, and they like came over sometime in the in the early 1900s. But uh, had to drop. It was the von Foltz. Had to drop the von to blend mm-hmm. in. My grandfather, out of everyone in my family, is just stereotypical. Was stereotypical, just gigantic German guy. Super funny. Spoke a little Dutch. He was just like cool guy. Really yeah. cool. Hardworking. Quiet. Veteran. Was an MP. Uh, funny story. So, like, out of I have a couple members of my family that were in the military. He was he didn't deploy, but it was during Korea, and he was an MP. And like, he always would tell the same story. And uh, he got put in charge of a guy who was in trouble. They're gonna throw him in the brig. Give him give him real time. He did say he never told what he did, but it sounds like he killed somebody or beat somebody really bad. And uh, back then, they gave him a jeep and they gave him that dude. And he handcuffed the dude and was driving him uh, to Modesto, and they broke down. And back then, it was the, we're talking the, the, the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, he was like, well, I'm not going to get this piece of shit. You know, just let him stay here. He double tied him the rest of the way to Modesto through the desert. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've seen pictures of my grandpa back then, and he looks like Captain America. I mean, it's, it's insane. But he double timed that dude in handcuffs through the fucking desert. Those men were different. Different times, man. Like the, I love the ingenuity and the just make it happen mindset. Yeah. And that back then, they lived on that shit. Go time. So I, I definitely think that's where that comes from. Uh, Jack, I think Jack's going to be taller than me. Yeah. I, uh, Janice and I were talking about this this morning. There's something about, because she was talking about how all of the kids, I mean, kids are just taller now, right? Yeah. I feel like they, here's a conspiracy for you. Okay. They Remember the fucking Got Milk campaign? 
Yeah. They were putting shit in our milk, and people started mm-hmm. getting real fucking tall. Yep. Oh, we've talked about that in a prior episode not too long ago, too, about, like, I mean, an easy one is girls. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in high school, like, until the end of high school, it was just, like, there were there were little girls, and out of nowhere, like, senior year hits, and they were just straight-up women. Yeah. And then nowadays, like, uh, it's a creepy thing to say, but it's, like, girls look older now, and I think kids are getting older, and I think that it is... I think a lot of that's the internet, though. That's That's, like being exposed to like a different type of pressure than you should be <laughs> at I mean, that age. Uh, genealogy and physically looking different. Yeah, no, I think people are yeah, developing quicker. Like boys look like it's weird. It's 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 in between because it seems like uh mentality is the same, body's it, different. Facial structures still look young, but yeah, they're just getting stacked and big mm-hmm. quicker. Yeah. Um the, the athletes that are coming out of college right now are oh, just God. fucking massive. They could be my dad. Yeah. It's you know? great. Some of these high schoolers, yeah, look mm-hmm. 35 and just like they've been bodybuilding for 20 years. Well, I mean, part of that makes sense because we did genetically alter our food and, and yeah. the rest of the world. Hormones. Yeah, the rest of the world, the world gives a shit about being fat and stuff like that. And really what it came down to was in the Industrial Revolution, we had an issue with feeding our own people. We didn't have enough yield on food to feed the country. So we started messing with our crops and stuff like that to make food readily accessible and lots of it. And then we did that. And then now we're in this place of uh, coming back to homeostasis where it's like we're able to feed our own people. Now we don't have to eat this shit. Just, you know, it's like eating the buckets of like uh, emergency food you see yeah. on sale on YouTube. Like right. if you have to, you have to. We did have to do that with this food that we made abundant and it was unhealthy. Um, and it was we, we changed the genes of it. We, we messed with it hormonally. And then now we're coming back to normal food because we've only been a country for a couple hundred years versus you look at uh, Europe and, and places over there where it's been thousands and thousands of years. They figured this shit out a long time ago. We're still working on it. Just weird because we've had the information available. <laughs> we've had the information available. But it was a, a violent throw forward to make this country catch up with the other ones yeah. who started it. Because, yeah. I mean, we were still – I mean, think about it. Like, how long has it been since Europe had to deal with natives? Now, that sounds negative. I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not saying a negative way. But, like, when we were starting our country, we had uh, – we had, we still had more than third world people here too. And it was like bringing them after all the bad things that happened, like bringing them into the swing of things, like trying to build us up to compete with the other countries. We did everything super, super fast. And anytime you fast track anything, you have to overlook things. Yeah. And so I think that what we, even though we're, getting to this point of homeostasis where we're actually eating good food just like everybody else is. We're dealing with the repercussions of altering our food. It is interesting though because like, yeah, you do see, you actually see it in a lot in, uh, in comics these days where people are, are just becoming more, like historically, you think of a, a stand-up comic, you think of, you know, those guys in the 80s that were just fucking <laughs> loaded with blow all the time, eating shitty, fucking just partying all night, you know, and all these guys are fucking sober and they're just shoveling kale down their gullets and, <laughs> you know, there is like a, there's a we're, we're going through a switch right now and focus uh-huh. on how people are eating and that's that's interesting. I think that has a lot to do with it too. And it's, it's another thing that makes me super upset too when you hear like the push against like getting in shape and eating healthy and stuff and saying it's like fat shaming and everything. But it's like, I saw a video the other day and it was a girl that was like, uh, it was like, we got to stop like I, trying to get people to work out and, and lose weight is like fat shaming. Like you can absolutely like eat healthy and have regular exercise and be overweight and like, and it's not like fat shaming. It's like, well, that's what leads to losing weight. Yeah, plus there's this whole, like, just because it makes you uncomfortable that the point's being brought up doesn't make it not valid, <laughs> you know? A hundred percent. I am overweight. I know that. I know that mm-hmm. the way that I change that is go back to eating well and exercising. And it's yep. just something I'm not doing. So I'm aware of that. And if you tell me that I need to do that, like, yeah, maybe I'll be like, hey, 
fuck you guy you know but <laughs> I like i do need to <laughs> i need to yeah. you know yeah. everybody needs to um so like he said we had uh not hitting the record button so <laughs> we have decided we're kind of moving into the conspiracy conspiracy episode we have talked about for a little bit we've got some good stuff on here so well, let's just start with something we've teased already the space force patch so I'm trying to pull up which one we were talking about. I'm no longer seeing the one with the Sphinx on Hold it. Hold on. Before you do that, can you look yeah. something up for me before I forget? Yes. Okay. Look up um, Lost Prairie Skydiving. Uh, well, start there. <laughs> so that the one you sent me the ad for? Yeah, I think so. It's, it's like a big... I know I went to it a few times when I was a kid where it was like, this is different from what we're about to get into, but I just mm-hmm. want to make sure I don't forget about it. Have you skydived? No, that's what I'm getting at. I want to do that. So this would be my seventh jump. Okay. If I if I can do this, the problem is I can't afford it. And I got this big ass trip coming up. Um, August sixth to fourteenth, the Lost Prairie Buggy, 2022, Meadow Park skydiving. Is this it? Yeah. Uh, it'd be the 55th annual. That's crazy. They were jumping out of planes 55 years ago in Montana. Uh, yeah, probably the same planes. <laughs> Dude, same planes. Yeah, 100. percent um, jumping out of planes is the shit. It's man. cool because when I was a kid, is because I mean, yeah, I mean, you can see the date range there, but it's like a festival. And so we went a few times. Um, my parents took us and we'd watch people jump out of planes all day. And then I guess the last day, kind of the like, uh, not ritual. Um, what's the term? Anyway, the last day, a bunch of people jump naked. That's like, part I would of the festival. absolutely do that. Absolutely do just that. Fucking balls just fucking. <laughs> So, okay, so, so, little things about jumping out of planes. Little I, things is right, bud. 100%. Uh, I got five jumps. So, in the military, I was a five jump jump. So, I did go to airborne school, but I didn't end up five in Five jump jumps. That's a, that's a term. Yeah. Okay. So, I went to airborne school, but I didn't end up in an airborne unit. I ended up with 10th Mountain, and which happens. Um, and uh, so, I got my five jumps in to graduate airborne school. You just weren't good enough at falling. <laughs> I did. I did all right. I did see some broken elbows and some spun around knees. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll get into that in a second. Oh. But I ended up in a uh, a regular light infantry unit, and so I'm what's called a five jump chump. I'm also what's called a leg. So like that is like a big fuck you slang term in the infantry. It's like oh yeah, like you're not an infantry unit. You're not in a fucking airborne unit. You're a fucking leg. You walk. You walk. So, uh, but I got my five jumps there. I jumped from 1600 feet each time. And I did static uh, static line jumps. Is that high or low? Low, low, low. Okay. Because it, it's it's all mission dependent. The reason you jump that low is because you'll get shot out of the fucking air. Okay, so you're not falling as long. Okay, yeah. So, if, uh, so yeah, they want to drop you. They drop a bunch of people like like i said this is big army stuff so it's uh like you're dropping like a company or like multiple planes dropping companies to get you on the ground and behind enemy lines or in an area where the planes can't land and you start kicking ass and then they're gonna send rangers in to go grab an airfield where you can start landing planes mm. and then then you could bring in full forces so they drop you at 1600 feet uh my first jump i jumped alone and had nothing to steer that's what a static line jump is. So when you're in the plane, you you stand up, you face to the left, depending on what side of the plane you're at, and then you actually hook. You have a, you have a, a tether coming out of your parachute, and you hook it to this cable above you, and you hold it, and you uh, as you're holding it in your hand, you put your fist to the back in front of you of the guy in front of you, and you're you're pretty much your elbows tucked all the way in, and as you're shuffling towards the door, you get to a point where you start letting them get ahead of you, and you extend that arm to create your gap, mm-hmm. and then what happens is, is they jump, they, they step to the jump master, he reaches up, grabs it, and you jump out of the plane, and you tuck count to four. If your chute doesn't open by four seconds, you pull your reserve. Okay. And so 
you jump out and as you jump you fall i think it's like 15 to 20 feet and then that line pulls tight and pulls your shoot for you so that's when you have that four second timing by the way mm-hmm. first jump ever never jumped out of a plane got a lot no going one, through your head no one's going with you you're using old ass military equipment whether it's the t10 or the t11 delta t11 delta i think is the new uh square shape parachute so i did both okay i jumped with the uh, three i jumped two with the original the T10, and then I did three jumps with the T11 Delta, which is the square one. Um, but you jump, and then, uh, yeah, you just go, go. Everything's fucking nuts and fast, and shoo, oh, And then the first thing you do is you uh, you grab your risers, which, which is the stuff connected to your shoulder. You run your hands up, and you look up, and you look for holes in the parachute bigger than your helmet. At which point you have nothing you can do about it anyway? Cut. The, uh, you pop the chute. Okay. Pop the chute, fall again, pull your reserve. Okay, so it's a second chute. Uh, no, it's very small. It's attached to your belly. So if you have to use it, you're coming down uh, from Fast center. and your spine you're coming. Yes. <laughs> so you're coming down with your back facing the ground, parallel to the ground, and the shoe is attached to your waist, so you're just bent. Really? I did yeah. not know that's how that's worked. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. I thought it was two compartments in the backpack or something. No, no, no. It's in the front. It's okay. a, It actually just buckles onto the front. It's not even like it was sewn in. Ew. It's on buckles. Yuck. And a cool thing, if you get tied up in a tree on your main chute, right, the way to get down from the tree if no one can get to you is you pop your reserve and now there's no gas. There's nothing, It just falls. So you pop your reserve while you're hanging from a tree and you let the parachute go all the way down to the ground and then you disconnect from your harness while holding onto those lines and you slide down the lines into the parachute which is on the ground now. That's the other way to get out. But pretty much, as soon as you get out of the fucking plane, you're by yourself. And if you freeze in the door, uh, it's called a failure to jump. You get seconds of them going, jump, jump, jump. If you don't jump, they kick you in the fucking spine. And if you don't go <laughs> out... Sparta kick you. If you don't go out of the plane, you are going to lose rank and pay, and they will confine you. That's you a have, big deal. You've just stopped a military... Uh, 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 procedure and that whole plane has to completely go and reroute oh, and yeah. come all the way back around the so jet that's fuel and time they fuck yeah and, and plus you'll never deal. you'll never you know outlive that right embarrassment so uh yeah my first jump yeah I, I got to the door i handed it off i jumped my shit pulled and then all you can do and they train you they'll, they'll, they'll put you in a harness that's hanging from the ceiling and the way you steer them is that you have two two risers that come out of each of your shoulders pretty much on buckles and you grab if you want to go left you reach up grab the left ones and you do a full pull up and you lock your arms and all it does is it pulls the side of the parachute down a little bit and makes you drift that's the most steering you can do that's wild so what happens is if you if you run into someone else and tangle up you try to bear hug each other and hopefully one of the shoots will bring you both down or there's a thing called stealing your air. While you're falling, air is actually moving upwards, right? So it's filling your parachute because the air is going upwards. If someone goes underneath you, it fills their parachute and yours deflates. It's called oh, stealing yeah. your okay. air. This sounds fake and it's 100% real and I've seen it. If your air is stolen, you're going to start dropping. You drop and you land on your feet on top of their parachute. And the best you can, you run across it and jump off the side. Really? And hopefully your parachute inflates again. At wow. that time, you're almost, I mean, like by the time that shit happens, if it doesn't, you can pull your reserve, but it might not even inflate before you hit the ground. Wow. Fuck, <laughs> dude. So, That's and then you crazy. learn, you learn these things called PLFs, parachute landing falls. So what you're doing is, is you're looking, uh, so you keep your feet and knees together. Uh, if you don't do that, you will break legs. So Damn. you have to force your feet and your knees against each other. And you look down at the ground and you see which way the ground is moving under your feet. And when that happens is you get ready to do your PLF. 
And uh, what you do is you allow your uh, your feet to hit, then your hip, then your back, and you do a rolling motion. Okay. And that's how you land. The problem is, is you have a forward PLF, a left PLF, a right PLF, but there's no such thing as a back PLF. It's just called feet ass head. So if you are drifting backwards <laughs> okay. yeah. and you look down, you see the ground is moving towards your toes and uh, going in that direction. You know you're going to do a back PLF. What's really going to happen is you're going to fucking slam. Slam hard. Dudes get knocked out. I bet. And, and then just, just your back alone, you might knock your wind out of yourself. Oh, yeah. Concussion and on the backside. The first thing you do <laughs> when you hit is you want to roll over and pop one of your risers. It allows that, that the, the air to go up and out the side of the parachute. The parachute flattens. Otherwise, it'll drag you for fucking ever. That's crazy. So um, on my sixth jump uh, was civilian. I did it in Lodi, California. I went from doing five jumps at 1,600 feet to a 13,000-foot jump. That's a big difference. When you jump 13,000 feet, and then there's things they don't tell you about because you're free-falling. There's no free-fall in a static line jump besides like that 20 feet. Uh-huh. So you're free-falling for a while. I couldn't breathe. I opened my mouth for one second, and it filled my lungs. My lungs completely inflated, and I couldn't deflate them to take breaths. So you actually have to like... Or if you're really good at it, you know what you're doing. But I had to put my hand over my mouth while I was free falling to be able to take a breath in, so my lungs would work normally. Oh, so you just control it. Yeah, it just your lungs are full and you're and you're like you can't express the air. Wow, fuck, dude. Yeah. And so, that, how long of a drop is that? I think twenty seconds. It feels like minutes, especially yeah. Like if you're yeah, if you're not breathing on the way down, that's a long time. I think it's around sixty seconds to hit the ground is what they say. I looked it up not too long. Ago. I think when you sent me that, um, but it feels like minutes of free fall. Okay, and it, it, it's insane. There is like this 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 point where you hit like a a, a, a to use the word again a homeostasis like a, a natural feeling of, of of terminal velocity kind of balance. Yeah. yeah, and then it's like okay, cool. And then like, but then at that point, like, dude, fucking slap my wrist because there's a fucking altimeter on there, and he's like, we gotta go, boom, and they pull when you come up, and then you just drift, and then they can steer because they actually have handles and yeah. stuff on them, but uh, it's not that dangerous. It's a fucking blast. I want to do it so bad. It is so cold. Yeah, it is so cold. So like, I've gone in helicopters up uh, at the same elevation I jumped from, probably around sixteen hundred feet. I'm I'm guessing it might have been higher, might have been lower. Uh, when I was in helicopters, those things were sheet metal on deployment, especially going over the top of fucking mountains that are sixteen, you know, six thousand yeah. feet covered in snow. You are freezing to death in there, freezing. So when you jump, it's fucking cold. So when I see these guys that jump and they're in like short shorts, no shirts, I'm like, that guy's tough as fuck. Yeah, it's cold. But uh, so you I got would, your little willy dangling on the way down. It's oh, gonna be a bad dude. time. Oh, you know what's funny is I, 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 and when you said it, I instantly was like, it's gonna be cold. It's gonna shrink. But the first thing I thought about how much it's gonna hurt with that shit slapping all over yeah. the place. Your nuts are just gonna become a second shoot. Like, yeah, you gotta just wear a cup. What, dude? What <laughs> happens if you get if you have like your nuts turtle shell and uh. then they try to inflate like a wing and you get the stretch? Everybody knows, like every man knows the cold nut the stretch, bat, the bat bat wing. When you when you when you get when your nuts turtle and yep. then you go to itch it and you don't do like a like a pinch and roll, you go mm-hmm. pull on that thing a little. Oh, it's pain, mm-hmm. pain. <laughs> there we go. That's on brand. All right, welcome to the podcast. So um, back to nuts. What's up? Uh, I I mean I just I'm getting I got this trip coming. I really want to do it, but like it's what a hundo. Uh, I'll have to, yeah, I think it's I'm not sure, bucks. something like that. Well, maybe there's something, maybe we, we can do something in September or something like that, but uh, that'll be a good video. I'd jump with you for sure. That'll yeah. be a good video. Let's, we'll go do, pro let's it. make it happen. I'll, uh, I'll get a, a, the, the Strange Range banner and attach it to my leg. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That Dude. way they have to cut it off when I break both my legs on uh-huh. the landing. It's going to be so cool. 
I've been so fucking cool. I've been wanting to for a while to get certified to jump. It's only a couple hundred dollars. Usually it's like three, three fifty, and you do it for a whole weekend. Okay. But it's getting the shoot, which as far as I know, shoots aren't actually that expensive as much as you think. They are. I mean, which is scary. Yeah. Make that shit expensive. Yeah. Make everything else cheaper. Right. Um, but jumping's a blast, dude. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do it. Absolutely. Maybe, uh, maybe they'll uh, let us in Space Force. Oh, the Segway hey. champion. Rolling like a Segway. Look at it. Okay, so I'm going to have to type in new uh, Space Force patch. You just type in Sphinx patch. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so there was an image that was released by Space Force a couple weeks ago. That's a cool one. The skull. This is, that one? A real, is that a real patch? No, that's 511 Tactical made that oh, one. That one's fucking, fucking rad, though. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd wear the shit out of that, dude. But dude, the patch that I saw, it looked. it is interesting that they're using basically the Star Trek logo. <laughs> I think it's funny that I Googled that and it's nowhere near. There's a bunch of different ones and I wonder if it has to do with the backlash. Yeah. So there, there was, I mean, it, but that was, I can't remember where or when it was released, but it was uh, basically the uh, like triangular Space Force logo with a there sphinx it behind it. There it is. In it. So it is the exact Star Trek logo outline and then it has a globe in the bottom with two different colors. The left side of the globe is oh, blue. It's not a sphinx. Well, okay, it's a pharaoh. Pharaoh. And then that looks like the ISAF star. Well, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll take you back. ISAF used that star. Mm-hmm. It's the, uh, that makes it eight-sided star. Yes. A with eight points. But, uh, well, I mean, that, that yeah, it's not a sphinx. It's a pharaoh. It's a pharaoh. But still, how weird is that? So this is the unit uh, Space Force, uh, Space Delta 18, the first unit patch, which every unit wears. But the thing that gets me is that every single unit patch has history. Mm-hmm. So I talked to him about it once. There's a, uh, I believe it's National Guard, and it was a rainbow patch. It was, I don't think it was colored, but it was a rainbow patch. And uh, those guys in World War II, I believe, got attacked and almost wiped out. And the commander of that unit took the patch off his shoulder and ripped it in half and said, we will never wear the full patch again to remember the fallen. So it's a half a rainbow. So you start thinking there's, there's, there's so much behind every one of the, at least American uh, unit patches. So you look at this, you have to know ahead of time, there's a lot of thought and reasoning put behind it. Why is there a pharaoh on it? It's, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Um, I mean, because depending on how how deep you've gone down this rabbit hole, and we all know, so there's a sphinx. So what's that? So this is the National Air and Space Intelligence Center, and they have a globe with that star. The top right corner has the triangle, and the center is the globe again with the sphinx. It's interesting because I've got some other stuff to tie in with this. This this ties in very easily, I think, with everything else we're about to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um. I think that we've talked several times probably about um, Graham Hancock's book, Fingerprints Ooh. of the Gods. I need to read his other ones too. Yeah. There's, there's more. But Fingerprints of the Gods is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's crazy is that it, it's we're still in this era where in the early 1900s, the Europeans and the Americans went to Egypt. They looked at everything. They said, okay, this is what happened. And that's it. Well, now we know over the last hundred years, way more stuff, especially with context. And I, Graham Hancock has said, like, we pretty much have to wait for those guys to die because they're not going to rewrite the history books. Those guys, that's their claim to fame in their entire, their entire career was figuring out, figuring that out. And it's not going to go away. When Graham Hancock went to Egypt the first time, he looked at the Sphinx and asked how old it was. And they said a couple thousand years. 
Now, mind you, uh, I get some backlash sometimes. My dates aren't always the fucking right. My stats aren't always the right. We're drinking beer and we're talking about shit, and most of it's correct. <laughs> and the little details are a little bit uh, a little bit cloudy sometimes. But I'm gonna say it's all on the internet, though. You can look it up. <laughs> yep. So let's just say uh, at that time, uh, the contemporary age of it was four thousand years, right? So he looks at it and he goes, "Well, what are these grooves?" And no one could tell him. So he started thinking weather. Now, mind you, he is not an archaeologist. He's not. And that's why they love to shit on him. Mm-hmm. Well, we're archaeologists. How could you know that? It doesn't mean it's wrong, especially when there's proof to back it. It's just a guy that wasn't trained like you. Well, he went and got a meteorologist and came back to Egypt and looked at it. And it was seconds before the guy was like, that's water damage in the middle of the desert. And he goes, water from what? Like flooding? He goes, no, you're not going to get up, you know, top to bottom grooves and crevices from water damage from a flood. That's rain damage. Well, the last time there was that much rain in Egypt was 13,000, 11 to 13,000 years ago. So that more than doubles the age of it. And there's been studies actually on that recently about how that area does go through a a switch in in uh, weather patterns. Mm-hmm. And um, it essentially is... It, at that time, it would have been grasslands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's um, there's descriptions of it. Um, even like we've talked about uh, Heraclitus when he went and visited uh, the Greek uh, 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 philosopher mm. that went and stayed with the Egyptians during that period. Um, and he's the one that said uh, they took him into the Great Pyramid. I hate saying Khufu's Pyramid. And we'll get into that later because it ties into something I'm going to touch on. But the Great Pyramid. And they said underneath it was a lake. Under the, He said that he, they took him underneath it. There was a lake. And inside the lake under the pyramid was the sarcophagus of uh, Horus, I believe. Believe it was Horus? Yeah, I think so. Um, and then for thousands of years, everybody was like, well, that's bullshit. And uh, the Egyptians have this thing called the... Um, uh, the, the Bureau of Antiquities, and it's part of their government. It's not secret, it's not conspiracy, but they are the ones that take control of any findings that happen before it hits mainstream news. And then they decide when it's released. It's theirs. So we have to be, like, you can't be too pissed about it. It's their country, it's their history. Um, but the Antiquities Department, about five years ago, released footage. It's there. Mm-hmm. I've seen it and now you can pay $5,000 and set a trip up and they'll take you in there so now there's a lot of tourist videos of them going there is a lake under the Great Pyramid there is a sarcophagus in it and it gets even more deeper than that you have to uh, you have to go down a tunnel and you end up in a room underneath the pyramid and there's one more tunnel that leads to the lake in that room there is uh, like seven ton uh, rock sarcophaguses but then you look at them they're not sarcophaguses because or sarcophagi because uh, back then they would adorn them and they they would put uh, hieroglyphics on them and it was all blessings and things to help you make it through the afterlife and, and pretty much your whole they're blank they're stone uh, the only like core, monoliths, basically. Mo- yeah, yeah, kind of ba- like basically. that. Basically. Basically. Uh, these gigantic boxes that you could fit like five, six human bodies in. And there's no writing on them. Uh, and the weird thing is, is there uh, one of them looks like something exploded inside it. And it's still, to this day, covered in wet goo. And the antiquities department will not release what they, uh, the findings they have on what it is. And they won't let anybody test it. But you go. But the thing is, those boxes are bigger than the room they're in, and they're bigger than the channel, the, uh, the, the tunnel that you go down by double. So how the fuck did they get them in there? But the, the, what's cool is the tour guides. You go uh, into the lake, and you could see it, and they uh, they ro- kind of rock hop their way out on these platforms, and the dude will stand on the sarcophagus in That's the lake. That's crazy. 
So we're literally finding out all these things that were written off are true. That shit is there. So you touched on earlier about how like uh, history belongs to humans, but there is something to, because this happens entirely too much where rich people are are (laughs) getting hold of some shit that probably belongs to the government. That's been the beginning of time, the beginning of time. And like, uh, did you know the, um, so the ancient wonders of the world, they say the only one we have left is the Great Pyramid. Mm. So there's more of that. One of those um, ancient uh, ancient uh, wonders of the world was the Library of Alexandria. It was I, I started doing research. It was destroyed, but not everything in it. It was taken by rich people. It was moved to from North Africa. I went up to North Africa. It ended up in England. Uh, the, the shit in it and then slowly it was bought off and sent out there's human history that uh, that historians don't know because some fucking rich guy's holding on to parchment and he's holding on to clay tablets right now that could explain a bunch of this shit yeah that's f- so speaking of which there was a tablet uh, that we, we brought up some information on Gilgamesh Gilgamesh so the epic of Gilgamesh is uh, is renowned as the oldest piece of literature known to man and it's the story of Gilgamesh. It ties into the Sumerians. Um, and if I haven't read it yet, if you remember a couple episodes back, I said I was actually going to use that as one of my next books. I just finished a couple other ones, and that's the next on the list. But if I remember right, part of it is uh, the Anunnaki taking him because he's living in Sumer. And at that point, he was the king of a, excuse me, a couple areas, but it was ran by the Anunnaki at that point. Those gods were the emperors of this place and one of them takes him up in the air in a craft and flies around and gives him a bird's eye view and explains everything to him in that story so uh this tablet apparently so i'll read real quick a federal court in the united states has verified that a rare ancient artifact known as the gilgamesh dream tablet was legally seized by authorities because it was illegally brought into the u.s under false paperwork and it was sold to rich christian people which it doesn't make any sense. I mean, well, it does in the sense of hiding. Yeah, but what's what's interesting is that it was public information that it was traded in that way. You know? So it says, uh, da, 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 da. it says, officials say the tablet was purchased by a U.S. antiquities dealer in 2003 in London, which is when it popped up, uh, who then shipped it to the U.S. without declaring the content, sold it with uh, false documentation. After changing hands several times, the tablet was eventually bought by Hobby Lobby, from an auction house for more than $1.67 million in 2014. Yes, Hobby Lobby, the place with the yarn. Yes. So if you ever wonder what the state of the world, people who have, who have <laughs> literally like designed their whole life around religion are having to hide things that might change might or discredit int- their own religion. Mm. And I always thought it like, like that says a lot about a person. If you have to do something like this to hide something to make what you're saying is true then that's lying. Mm-hmm. And the only reason to lie about something like that is for sake of control. Control, exactly. So it was uh, seized from the museum by U.S. agents in 2019. Uh, let's see, acting U.S. attorney for Eastern District of New York, yada, yada, described the legal development as an important milestone on the path to returning this rare and ancient masterpiece of world literature to its country of origin. So the Sumerians and Sumeria, all that was uh, in Mesopotamia, which Mesopotamia translates to the land between the rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates, which is Iraq. Um, And this is just another thing of when rich people buy up history and hide it. Yeah, it's an interesting story, too. And like what you were talking about with the uh, the, uh, what was the 
there was a term they used for the uh, like the sky machine that it flew him around in. But that that same that same image pops up in cultures all over the planet, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Have you ever heard of the uh, the flying turtles of um, Guatemala? Yeah. So there are statues in Guatemala of tortoises, right? Mm-hmm. And they are legit, hundred percent look like tortoises. And then there's other ones that are that look like the shape of tortoises, and they're planes. And they have a lot of them. And there are written um, accounts of seeing them in the sky, zooming around like planes. They have rudders, they have tail fins, everything. Yeah, and uh, same area. There were there's some uh, pyramid like structures in that area too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I think that. I don't know. This is maybe something we can look up another time or if you can find something on it. But there was some interesting uh, information about sound waves being potentially used to move uh, rocks and objects to build those structures. Yeah, there's a problem with that. The problem with that, because I'm going to do a a big dive on the pyramids because there's a bunch of new stuff that came out. But they have said that's how they built the pyramids. That's how they got those rocks to the top of the big stones. The problem is is there's one piece of math that doesn't make sense, which is the... uh, they, they say that they would have had to use sound to push them up a ramp to get them to the top. But you have to do the math of the ramp itself, and it would have been like 12 miles long. Oh, really? That's interesting. For the steepness of the pyramid. To but, be able to do something like that, you'd have like hmm. a 12-mile 12, like 12 ramp. Huh. And you know how long it would take to make a 12-mile stone ramp out of stones? Yeah. Because, I mean, the idea is that they, it was like a vibrational frequency that allowed mm-hmm. it to, to, to levitate slightly above the ground. So it was easy yep. to, to move and position. Which we do stuff like that all the mm-hmm. time. Um, so, like, my ex like was always scared of microwaves for some reason, like, like as if microwaves are poisoning your food or something like that. Oh, and the and Decepticons. Like, the Decepticons, yeah. yeah. Uh, reality is, is the way microwaves work is microwaves themselves are tuned into the frequency, exact frequency of water. And when you do that, it makes water vibrate. Vibration causes friction causes heating so literally it just it's a it's a sound wave that uh that yeah makes water vibrate and creates heat so we've been utilizing waves like that for a long time like that's it just seems weird to put it in that aspect and plus we don't talk about shit like that like we don't explain how things work anymore right we just just use them um but last thing i want to talk about on, on this tablet though uh let's see on wednesday iraqi cultural minister hassan nazim announced that the U.S. has agreed to return 17,000 uh, 17, looted artifacts, most of them dating back to the same era as Gilgamesh's dream tablet. So it means it's like we're finding out people that live in this fucking country are hiding this shit. And they have a full bureau that's going out and trying to track these things down and return them. Yeah, that's wild. Because you don't know how much is hidden. or like, like There's no, there's no uh, list of things that they're looking for. You know I what mean, I mean? Rich people have been doing this for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. I mean, like, there's stuff we don't even know exists that this has happened to. We don't know what, like, I mean, the Nazis probably had a ton of shit that has ended up. They in, did. In, yeah, and, yeah. And that's gone into different collections around the world. And we have no idea what they had in its entirety. You know? We don't know what they took from Norway. Yeah. People forget they made it to Norway. Yeah. And they were really into the paganism up there uh, and, and, and trying to, they were trying everything. I mean, we found a flying saucer they created. Mm-hmm. It's real. We have it. Uh, it doesn't operate, but they were on the path of like designing planes like flying saucers. There's pictures of them. Mm-hmm. Like those pieces of shit. Some potential informa- uh, information about uh, reverse engineering something else that they were trying mm-hmm. to recreate. Yeah, that gets into Bob Lazar mm-hmm. and uh, the possibility of the Nazis finding uh, one of the spacecrafts. He says that they existed, that they found one in the ground, mm-hmm. which would tie it back all the way to what we were just talking about, Gilgamesh, in that, that era that those things could have been here. Mm-hmm. 
good. Yeah, fuck, man. Yeah, it's so much. It's so much. But it, I love this stuff. It's super, super interesting. Um, I said I've touched on it a couple of times. Uh, I want to get into the pyramids real quick. So that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. By far, Egypt is my favorite because uh, it's just one of the things that we're still finding new stuff about. And anybody can. You just got to Google it. Um, like the, the antiquities department is constantly doing new stuff. So we started uh, like 10 years ago, started doing thermal scans on the pyramids. And we're finding out that there are cold spots all around it, which means blocked up passages. Now, when I had said that I don't like that when we call the Great Pyramid Khufu's Pyramid, the reason we call it Khufu's Pyramid is because on the outside of the pyramid, there was a stone tablet that had King uh, Khufu's name on it. So, once again, when the first people came over and, and, you know, and said, this is what happened, they just said that was his burial tomb. The reality is there's no inscriptions, nothing like that, uh, that says that this, this, this pyramid was used for burial. It's not a tomb. There's there's nothing etched on the walls. There's no rooms that had sarcophaguses. They never found bodies in there. They found nothing like the other pyramids that did have them in there that would associate it with that. So I'll bring this up right now. So if you look at this, Chase, so this is uh, from one of the scans they did. This is the not the newest one I'm talking about. It's one before that. So they found new ways of scanning it. So originally they found these tunnels. There's these uh, small tunnels that go up and out from the main tunnels. And they're about 12 inches by 12 inches. I've seen videos where they took uh, RC cars and put cameras on them. There's gates. Really? There's gates. So 12 inches by 12 inches. And they go from the center all the way out to the edge. Um, and there's gates in them. Then there are certain inscriptions inside there where you can see uh, Egyptians holding up giant light bulbs with filaments and cords coming off them. So we started. So there was these theories that are coming out. And you got to be careful when you come out with a new theory because people will shut it down so easily that this was a power plant. It was not a place for burial. It was a power plant. And then they, sca- uh, they scanned them uh, a couple years ago again with new technology. And this right here, this cloud of white, mm-hmm. that's a chamber. It's a chamber. It's a chamber above everything else. And by the way, we were talking about using those ramps and stuff. So right here above the main chamber, these blocks, those are all uh, 7,000 pounds each, and they're bigger than any opening in the pyramid. Wow. And we don't know why they're there. And there's also a top to that room, which looks like a roof inside the pyramid, which I think those are 11,000 pounds each. Yeah, kind of same thing at the bottom. Yep, yep. So we know there's a cavity. All we could see was a cavity. This year, we came out with new technology to scan it again. And uh, as far as I know, we haven't scanned the cavity yet, but they scanned the whole thing. And they have proved that that this structure draws electromagnetic forces out of the earth into the center. So if I could show you this real quick, it literally uh, is, yeah. So new scans, uh, electromagnetic. Electro, oh, oh, right. Uh, uh. electromagnetic spectrum so what we're finding out is that the pyramids are literally drawing the the natural fo- right here look so these this right here is the actual ones they pulled so this is from the real study they did while scanning it and uh you can see that it like the size of the pyramid about three times uh, three times the height downward it is literally drawing from there so showing the electronic the electromagnetic field Yes, underneath the pyramid. Wow, it's drawing it out of the earth to the tip of the pyramid and and actually like uh, condensing it. Yeah. So theory proven. That's interesting. Those are that's, that's this a year. compelling image. 
That is this year, different times they did it. So different times of the year, which if you take all the pyramids and you uh, you do the math on the um, the area of them, it ties into the, the same number that's the circumference of the earth. All three of the great main pyramids are lined up with constellations in the sky. Uh, it all ties into uh, to seasonal things when the um, that it, it draws more out of the earth when the earth is lined up with certain constellations. Let's screenshot that. Let's throw it up on the Facebook page so people can see it. That is yeah. that's an incredible image. Yes. Wow. So now, and by the way, if you see this right here, this black spot, yeah, that's the chamber we don't know what's in. I was wondering, and so that was—it's kind of a fragmented-looking image. Uh -huh. So we just don't have a clear, not yet, picture of that yet. So this is not this yet. is the newest of newest technology wow. we just used, and yeah, it literally is drawing the forces of the Earth into a point on the surface. And it certainly does appear to be drawing it. I mean, yeah. you can see in a couple of these, the angle at which that energy is, is coming up is almost, it almost matches the, uh, the angle of the pyramid itself, which is interesting. You can look at the scale on the right-hand side. Uh, and so it's color-coded. And you can see the very top of the scale, this dark red, is literally the center under the pyramid. What's the uh, source Matt. on this website? Just this one is um, physics.org. Physics.org. Phys.org. P-H-Y-S dot O-R-G. So that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good source. That's incredibly interesting. Yes. So now, I mean, this is, this is now, this definitely doesn't sound as, as truthful, but man, it's making Stargate sound real. I hope so. so. If, I fucking if hope so. We have found out that this is I a, love that show so much, yeah. man. <laughs> so these things are powerhouses. Okay. So now what did they power? Right. So it makes you wonder, I mean, like if we go in the direction of Stargate, that there's a, a way to jump from world to world. Because if we go into the Sumerians, we have to deal with the, the 10th planet, Nibiru. And what the Sumerians believed is that uh, when Nibiru, which we have found a planet in that location now. So there is a planet where the Sumerians, I mean, those guys were had writing systems, clothing, and they had agriculture, and they had uh, engineering before other people got out of caves. Like, that's how ahead they are, and they disappeared. Um, they believed that this planet, which I said we had now found, when it, uh, over every 2,000 years, when it orbits close enough, it gets close enough to Earth to cause gigantic floods. And they were pretty much saying that when that happened, that the, uh, the Anunnaki, their god, stepped off Nibiru. So they weren't going from the outside of our solar system. They were waiting until their planet got close enough and doing a short jump to Earth. And they believed that they landed here... They wanted gold. And before that time, humans did not give a shit about gold. Uh, they wanted gold because they were going to break it into small particles and put it in their own atmosphere in Nibiru to stop the destruction of the planet. Uh, about 10 years ago, scientists came out and tried to get uh, gold, gold and turn it into particles to uh, reflect um, radiation, radiation yeah. from the sun to save our planet. Interesting. So, so we know that that works. So in, in this, the myths, it says they landed, they tried to do it themselves, they did the best they could, and then they left some people, some of their own people here, and the Bureau went back on its orbit to the outside of our solar system. And then 2,000 more years go by. During that time, the ones they left behind found the most advanced species which was primates and altered them to have remember there's that issue with mm. the doubling of the human brain out of nowhere over 2000 years we doubled the size of the human brain the shape of our dna has changed yep yeah and we advance and so 2000 years goes by nibiru comes back in the rest of them jump over to earth again and they use humans to mine it instead of themselves 
and then once again it left and they left people here and then the Sumerian tablets it literally has uh, there's the thing called the king's tablet I think and it has the list of all Sumerian kings and most of them are Anunnaki as labeled in it and they and they reigned for like 15,000 years more than that sometimes but it was round numbers and all those numbers co- uh, coincide with the return of Nibiru every time and they also think that, that has to do with the great flood with the uh, the gravitational pull from Nibiru is what caused the great flood and just to be One clear here, what we're talking about is the myth. And so we know like in, in all of this stuff, because we have such a lack of information to go off of history uh-huh. wise, like we've yep. been talking about, like there's always, there's, there's the myth and then there's, you know, the other side of that, which is like what people have, have, uh, created the, the, the story that people create to mm-hmm. explain it away. And then somewhere in between there, there's, there's gotta be some truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And as the years go by, we're finding little bits and little mm-hmm. bits. Of, like I said, like the like science, the American scientists talking about putting gold fragments. You know, and think about this too. Since that happens, like out of nowhere, humans have been obsessed with gold. Since to this day, it is a social status. Um, there were full uh, cultures that were built on like we are better than you. Look how much gold we have. Mm-hmm. We adorned everything. Where did we get? Uh, it's soft metal. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, across the planet from from cultures that don't communicate with each other yep, and still hold that same mineral to a really high standard. It's pretty interesting. They believe it came from there. Um, but the thing is, is it's one of the most conductive, electronically conductive things in the enti- mm-hmm. uh, materials in the entire world. It's in your phones. It's in your computers. It's to in this day, microphone. You know what's also in our phones? Quartz. Now, I'm not a. I am not a crystal guy. Um, I've dated many crystal girls, but uh, <laughs> this is something they've proven. Is they can actually use quartz as a uh, as a memory card. You can store digital information in quartz. Yeah, yeah and we've crazy. used that, and I mean that can tie into the crystal skulls. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, so I was explaining this to my brother the other day about uh, what it looks like has actually happened through human history. Is that humans have built up into super high tech civilizations? Something happens. Most of them get wiped out. The ones that are left are in the ruins and over generations don't remember what happened and we restart. And so it's like, think about this. And if you think that's impossible, think about it right now. All of our history is digital. All of it. So if something happened, we lost power for a hundred years, right? There are the people that remember and they'll write shit down, whether we have to write it on walls or something. And then generations after that, we're not born, we're not alive when the civilization was high and then you restart. They think that uh, there's been three different uh, uh, extinction level events that have happened. And the last one knocked humans down to 7,000 humans alive on Earth. On Earth. We're at 7 billion right now. And so, but think about that. If we, if, with it being digital, if we lost all of that, we lose our history. We will forget it over the next generation or two. And it looks like that's happened multiple times. We're finding out the Egyptians who live in Egypt did not make that shit. Mm-hmm. Those are not the ones that made the pyramids. And Tyler was like, well, this, with that. I was like, okay, look, I'm looking at my TV in my living room right now. My TV does have gold in it. It has uh, you know, a bunch of different conductive things, plastic. But imagine you had a civilization that didn't have those types of materials. They had something else. They could use stone, wood, natural materials, and they had fucking TVs. They powered it with different, uh, it, it, different sources that we haven't thought about. Uh, and then it disappears and we look back and it's like, I mean, the fact that we're, we're finding things like this pyramid literally is a power source. Yeah. Well, what did it power? Yeah. Cause it, it could be a much more civilian thing than we're, than, you know, it, that literally could have just, we, yeah, there could have been 
things that they're powering on a uh, personal level. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just, just an know. organic way of powering mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Just pre-Tesla. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. That is really fucking interesting. And just the fact that that uh, that same structure you see pop up across the planet in mm-hmm. different. I mean, and granted, it's a that's a simple shape. Yeah, uh, and it's even saying right here, uh, physicists recently took an interest in how the interest in the Great Pyramid would interact with electromagnetic waves of resonant length. Calculations showed that in the resonant state, a pyramid can concentrate electromagnetic energy in its eternal internal chambers as well as under its base when the third unfinished chamber is located aware the third unfinished chamber is located so we might be able to crack into that chamber and see remnants of what it was powering there's there's so much that you, you just can't discover yet because i mean obviously man at, at what point is it worth it to just say it's okay to go ahead and cut some of those gates and go take a peek. That's what sucks about it too, man. Uh, because I want, I don't want other, I don't want to be the one generation that makes a mistake. Yeah. And we destroy something. It's, it's It shouldn't even be necessary though with like drone technology now. Mm-hmm. You'd think we'd be able to develop some kind of a camera drone that we can get in there. That's got to happen soon. Well, like I said, they, they did the RC cars. Yeah. They did the RC cars and sent but them. But they can only go there. so far. They can only go so far before they hit those gates. Um, but just the direction it, uh, to me, it looks like exhaust tunnels. Mm-hmm. That's what it looks like as some type of exhaust, thermal tunnels. exhaust or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And plus like the pyramids didn't look the way they do now. They were covered in granite. Uh-huh. All the granite's been stolen and used to build other things. That's what we've done for thousands of years. The uh, it was the barnwood of its time. Uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> oh man, you want to put some uh, some Egyptian rock on your new condo? <laughs> Status. Status. <laughs> It's shabby chic. I mean, even the, so the capstones, that's another one too. The mm-hmm. capstones, they said were made out of diamond and gold and, and quartz and granite. And like, really like, can you imagine, uh, so we can do like Tesla coils and stuff mm-hmm. and you can feel it on your skin. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, we're missing pieces of these things. Can mm-hmm. you imagine like, cause they say the great, the tip of the great pyramid could be seen in the sunlight from countries away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fucking crazy. And that's not even conspiracy. That's that's written down by yeah. everyday people that lived there at that time. That's that's super common to find information about that. Like we were going to uh, Egypt and we we used our maps until we saw the pyramid and we just walked towards it. That's how they would get there. Right. And yeah, and in in that area with the Nile and stuff, like it was super green, very advanced, lots of gardens. Um, I mean, another one of the. Uh, um, ancient uh artifacts of the uh or ancient wonders of uh, one of the wonders of the ancient world uh in iraq was a garden and it literally was so beautiful um that and so vast that it was one of the ancient wonders of the world they found ways to do this shit they terraformed small areas but it's weird that like i'm happy we're getting to a time in in our history where we can talk about this and it's slightly less taboo because forever it was just this like you don't know that's bullshit like the term conspiracy theory was not even used until the uh, the um, JFK assassination. Mm-hmm. The media coined that term to get people to stop talking and to use people against people to make them stop questioning things. Yeah, and that's I, I think that as we continue, like we're we're in an age right now where you can't. It's hard. It's getting harder and harder to hold information back from people. Mm-hmm. Um, th- we're going to see things speeding up, you know, by leaps and bounds on, on what 
what kind of things we're researching and what information that's yielding, I think. Tie in the last thing I want to say with the pyramids ties directly into that. So since this scan came out, uh, solar panels have completely changed design. They are now using small micro, um, uh, micro uh, pyramid shaped particles in solar panels. So right here, like, uh, it says, um, now the scientists plan to use the results to reproduce similar effects at a nanoscale. Choosing a material with suitable electromagnetic properties, we can obtain pyram- uh, that's a hard word to say, pyramidal nanoparticles with a promise for uh, practical application in nanosensors and effective solar cells. Just by scanning that and seeing how it draws it out of the earth, we have now changed the way we make solar panels this year. New old technology. New, we're literally using, we're making new technology out of designs of things that are possibly thousands, of thousands old. 10,000 yeah. years old this year. Yeah, that's incredible. We literally have pyramid technology in our solar panels right now as of this year that came from the information we found from these scans. That's, it's, that's fucking incredible. It's exciting and terrifying. It's exciting and terrifying. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we'll probably end up looping back around to this yeah. and another time. I want to real quick before we wrap up here, I want to talk about that uh, situation in March, uh, the rocket hitting the moon. Yeah. Well, something hit the moon. Something hit the moon. I think probably most of us have seen the video by now. It's, it's a crazy video. It's insane. Um, the, the reason I say possibly rocket is... Uh, I don't see exhaust or propulsion. No, I, I saw was, the video. Yeah. Now it's in space. Um, also, it doesn't seem like a glancing blow because you would think if it hit orbit, it would be brought in in a circular motion where it lost elevation and slammed at an angle. It looked like it straight smacks like perpendicular Hole into the moon. It. If you guys haven't looked into it, check out uh, Rocket Hits Moon on YouTube. You can see the video. Plenty of people from Earth filmed it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Middle of the day, you can see the moon, clear as day, middle of the day, blue sky, and an object hitting it. And, and T-bones the moon. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. What was that guy thinking? Yeah, well, the weird, and what's weird is is uh, I had seen the video and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Then I started looking it up and like NASA released information on it mm-hmm. uh, days before it happened. Like this is gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not something that was that was. Yeah, they were tracking it. Yeah, the, the trajectory was being tracked. They were they were following this. They knew it was gonna happen. Um, weird thing is they don't know what it was where it came from um they were thinking maybe it was something from the chinese space program a booster and uh china has denied that being the case um i haven't heard anything about russia no that name hasn't really been brought up oh, man. i think yeah. everyone's kind of staying away from blaming russia for things right now yeah yeah <laughs> it, yeah for at, at this point it does right seem now like a russia move though it's it does the fucking moon you know what so <laughs> If it is a rocket, okay, so like I said, like you can see clear as day and, and you can see the moon perpendicular as it looks, uh, slams. I mean, just, I mean, dude, like the the amount of debris that comes up when it hits, yeah. I mean, it, it's insane. It, it looks like it's from a movie and you can find a bunch of videos of, of it happening. But uh, so there is something that China has done and Russia claims they can, but we haven't proved it, is um, supersonic... Uh, supersonic um ballistic missiles right so we got it from israel the iron dome so any subsonic missiles that come towards us we have missiles here that will sense it and they will uh calculate its path shoot from the ground into the air and intercept it and blow it up before it hits here pretty cool so yeah it's rad but there's been one fear since we owned it which is what happens when a missile is supersonic 
because we don't have any supersonic missiles. We don't have a program that can intercept them in time. If someone develops a supersonic missile, we can't defend ourselves from it. And then China launched a supersonic missile that went up into space, stopped in orbit, aimed somewhere on Earth, and then launched itself from space there to the ground uh, faster than the speed of sound. And once that happened, the entire world got scared. Russia instantly was like, we got that too. Yeah, uh, we course. haven't seen proof of it, yeah. but the Chinese did it in front of everyone. So it makes me think, let's just say it is a it is an actual missile. That's an easy way to test it. Go blast something on the fucking moon. And with us doing leaps forward in Space Force, getting ready for that, which Trump, like, it's weird. Trump hits office. They let him behind the veil, as, as they do with any president when they first get hired on. And instantly, he's like, we got to do shit about space. We got we, we got to do space stuff. We got to do space stuff yeah. now. Space needs freedom. So to me, I, even with the explosion, which you're not going to have fire in explosions like that, but it looks like a missile impacted the moon. And I wonder if that is the first test of non-oxygen space weaponry it's pretty interesting there's uh there's images of the crater that it was left behind um and what's different about this crater versus uh craters made by other moon landings or um, yeah things like that it's it's a very different shape and it's much more circular like double double first of all and and the holes are pretty clean like they're it's a it's a hole, <laughs> you know. It's two. It literally it looks like a sideways eight. Yeah. It's two circles where it hit. And uh, he was showing me before we started. There's actually like, because uh, the moon has been completely mapped and gridded out. We're allowed to see some of it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, they have like the exact picture of that place, and then they overlap it with afterwards. And so, because at first I saw the left circle looked like it was actually a dome, like a a mountain, which fucking planets other planets have. It looks like the uh, it looks like there that was there, and then there is a shadow, and then a crater. But once he showed me the uh, the overlap before and after pictures of the impact, like there is no dome there. It literally is two craters side by side. And I mean, NASA had said because they were tracking the trajectory, there shouldn't have been a way because it did hit pretty square on. There shouldn't have been a way for it to create two craters. So I don't really know what that information means, but it is information. A skipping wouldn't do that. A, a, a God, and, and you would, I mean, you an would, impact skip would give you a trail. Yeah, and even line. if that was, the, and they're pretty, I mean, they're tight enough to be overlapping, like you said. So that's it's like a odd. like a Venn diagram that's barely overlapping. Yeah, and a skip would it would again lend itself to some kind of a glancing blow, triangle or, shaped. Yeah, or like what we would see as a comet with a tail, like that would be the shape of the impact in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. And there's not like a whole lot that can be said about it because it's it's still pretty uh, secretive and just not information available. But there's uh, a video we watched before we started recording from uh, Secure Team Ten. He does some pretty cool stuff, by the way. Um, he lays it out pretty well. I think mm-hmm. you know all the all the images are there, so you can kind of make of it what uh, what you will. I'm gonna have to look more into it. Yeah, that's good shit. Um, so we've got uh, boys going on a vacation here yep. next week. Hey, you know so, what? I've been grinding for three years. Yep. I've been driving a truck where I can't even get out, really out of the valley for three years. And it's like, it's about time I get a chance to take off, go do something cool. So we're going to try to bank as many episodes as we can, try to keep you guys busy. I'm sure if we if we run low, the uh, the producer extraordinaire magician next to me will find a way to make a filler episode. I'll make it happen. Yep. Fuck, we might bring Whizbang in or something. Do something like that. Yeah, absolutely. There, yeah. Is, uh, there is some more information from Whizbang coming up, by the way. 
And it's a doozy, let me tell you. <laughs> is it the let final? Fucking, is it the... Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Let's see the we'll path see. that goes. That guy's had a hard life. We'll see. <laughs> see where Arnold is. Oh, God. We left we left uh, Arnold in a uh, in a rough, posi- rough position the last time we heard from him. So hopefully the uh, governor's doing all right. Yeah, and uh, while I'm gone, I'll try to take the GoPro with me. I'll film some cool stuff, make a, like a mini clip, you know, shouting everybody out and... Uh, and, and at least let you guys know where I'm at. You can track my little my little trip. I should be going to the ocean. I'll be fucking tuna fishing. Tuna fishing. Buying a new truck. Tuna fishing. I'll be going to a wedding. Uh, I'll be doing all kinds of shit. So I'll do some uh, some funny I, well, shotguns. I got to yeah. do a boat shotgun. Yep. And I, I don't, do we don't have an ocean shotgun, right? No, we By do the way, not. Since Strange Range started, me and Chase have had this thing. It was when Jordan was on. Uh, Jordan's a Jaeger guy. Me and Chase are beer guys. We do like our whiskeys. He's into the scotch thing. Not mm. everybody can be right, but... <laughs> But uh, we've been sending each other, besides the last month or so, like almost every weekend, shotgun videos or doing them together, birthdays. So we've been banking and banking and banking the shotgun footage. So I, I got enough a for more. like a feature length film. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alcoholism, the movie. Yeah. But uh, so I got to do some more of those. And I think um, now that I'm getting ready to, to, to start this YouTube page, pushing clips out for you guys to see, uh, we got to make that video. Mm hmm. And I think I'm, I'm getting ready to do it. So you also need to start compiling. And then uh, we'll sit down. We're, we're planning on doing... Uh, we did it once before. And really what happened was we all just got trashed. Uh, a, stra- <laughs> a Strange Range lock-in. Um, we're going to come over. Have that was a, a good time, though. That was, that was a blast. <laughs> we had a good time. Yeah. Uh, we got nothing done. We got nothing done. We it was a episode. great time. Um, I think we're going to sit down and just plan the next phase of Strange Range. Today, we, we actually changed our table setup. If you watch the live stream, you can actually see it. We have a station for live streaming. We have a station for recording. I have the computer out now. We have uh, changed the way we sit uh, at the table. We've got a backdrop. Like We are getting ready to make the next jump forward. It's lit. It's going to be sick. So... We promised the, uh, the Strange Conspiracy episode. Uh, hopefully you guys nerded out with us. Uh, it's, it's a fun time. Not, not as funny, but fuck, man. This is stuff that like I, you have to pay attention to. This is what's happening now. Like we are, This is the most awesome time to be alive. The government mm-hmm. is admitting to aliens. We don't die super often. Mm-hmm. Like We're seeing cool shit happen. We're unearthing awesome stuff. Like This is the time to be alive. So it's, it's awesome to sit down and actually share this shit with you guys. And, uh, yeah, as always, uh, feel free to hop on the Discord, uh, hop on the Facebook page, make comments. We will reach back out. That can actually change the uh, course of episodes when it comes to topics and stuff. Um, yeah, man, we're, we're all going to keep getting better and giving you guys more shit. And, uh, yeah. Tune in next time to maybe hear how we uh, tie some of this weird shit into time travel. Oh, Chew on fuck that one. God. Yeah, we can Chew do- on that one. Also, uh, we should bring in, possibly bring in a guest for that one. Yeah. Uh, um, not to go off in a different direction, but uh, I've been watching this um, this YouTube channel called uh, FNG Academy, and uh, FNG means fucking new guy, but it's an ex special forces guy who runs a channel to where he uh, can kind of teach you stuff you're getting ready to get in or, or getting ready to do special forces. He kind of gives you stuff to train on, but the other side of it is he uh, reacts to uh, movie like military movies and stuff like that, and he'll do it in three people himself one SF friend and then a civilian. So they can oh, ask they can ask questions that they, they would just overlook and go like, hey hold on, what's that word mean? What's that term mean? Like how do you guys feel about this? So it's like it'd be cool to do a conspiracy theory with someone who's one hundred percent against that stuff. Oh okay. I Let's like bring that. a skeptic in. Yeah. Okay. I think that'd so, be a fun conversation. Uh, if someone wants to get us in contact with Bobby Lee, 
That'd be great. Oh, God. <laughs> Fucking Bobby. He does everybody's show. Come on. You know what we should do is we should find the most straight-laced strange fan we can. Yeah. Well, we might have a few from the last episode now. I, I think, think that so, there's too. There's probably yeah. a few people that jumped on here that <laughs> maybe weren't uh, on board with this episode. So if you weren't, maybe hit us up and come talk about some weird shit on the next one. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of lean Tell from... Tell us why uh, we're wrong. <laughs> Tell us why we're wrong, for sure. We, we kind of <laughs> lean from uh, episodes of... Absolute debauchery and fun and joking to uh, scientific stuff to serious stuff like the last one we did. We're trying to run the gamut and not just be labeled as one thing. But yeah, definitely. We're trying to put out a strange range of content here. Oh, right. that was nice. That hey. was nice. You ready? <laughs> that was good. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Hey, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Fun episodes. Thanks for uh, the people that tuned in the live stream. And uh, yeah, more coming at you. Stay strange. We'll be, uh, we'll be back next week on Wednesday. New episodes every Wednesday. Fuck yeah. Here we go. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah. That was fun, man. That was good. I'm podcasting.